the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Great to be with you today. As always, 303-696-1971 is our telephone number to join in to the festivities. You can also text into the show on the 710-KNUS app on your smartphone Either of those options get you right into the conversation here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. A couple of ways to get in touch with yours truly on social media and follow my shenanigans. You can log on to Facebook.com slash Jimmy Sangenberger Pro or just go into the search bar there and search Jimmy Sangenberger Media Personality. Give a like to the page. I do post regularly then over on twitter if you're on the twitter verse follow me at saying center that's saying with an e not an a center on twitter of course you can tweet at me there you can direct message me there lots of uh can you even call what happens on twitter good things happening over there anyway follow me give me a follow at saying center on twitter plus there are a couple of ways to email yours truly one 710knus.com, go to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page, and you can shoot me an email from there, or you can log on to my website, jimmysangenberger.com. Keep in mind, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is E-Z. And so, of course... All ease, all the time in Sangenberger. Go to the contact page there and you can shoot me an email. Again, our telephone number 303-696-1971. Great show coming up. Lots to talk about. Lots of guests to talk with. We will be joined by Rashini Rajkumar, host of the Crisis Files podcast in just a little bit to talk about a handful of topics, including some things relative to the Super Bowl ads, uh, including the latest on the M&M's craziness and the spokes candies that had been put on ice in the back of the freezer, with Maya Rudolph stepping in as the spokesperson for M&M's. Remember that silly controversy? We've got more on that coming up with Rashini Rajkumar. We'll also get... Her take on Biden's demeanor at the State of the Union address, was it the kind of demeanor that a leader should show, especially one who claims to actually be attempting to build bridges? Not so sure about that. We'll talk about Biden and more coming up with Rashini Rajkumar in just a bit. She's always excellent and on point in her analysis. Coming in studio in the 7 o'clock hour, 
We will be joined by Kwame Spearman. He is a candidate for mayor of Denver, has some interesting perspectives on things. So we will get his take, introduce you to another candidate for mayor as we continue our conversations with the candidates series right here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Very much looking forward to what we have in store in that discussion. And then 8 o'clock, Congressman Ken Buck stops by to discuss big tech, his direct TV concerns regarding Newsmax and One America News. I've got some questions specifically about that and what he's going for in that regard, the basis for it. And, uh, of course, this idea he's got to ban TikTok. Is that even practical? We'll talk with Congressman Buck about that coming up here in the 8 o'clock hour, plus 303-696-1971, our telephone number to join in to the festivities. And we've got other things to talk about, including another object in space. No, not space. Although it kind of does make you feel like there are UFOs out there, right? Isn't that sort of the sense when we we used to, what my friend uh, Keith Nobles, who was on the show last weekend, he made uh, the point to me, he said, if last week didn't happen with the Chinese balloon, UFOs would be all the rage right now. (laughs) But because it didn't, everybody's actually wondering about what object might have been shot out of the sky this time and what country it was, as opposed to, are the aliens here? Here is what the spokesman for the Pentagon said yesterday afternoon after this plane or balloon or UFO or who knows. I guess it really is a UFO since it's an object that was shot down about the size of the car of a car. Anyway, this is what he said in synopsizing the high-altitude airborne object. First of all, to add to information already provided earlier by the White House, at the direction of the President of the United States, fighter aircraft assigned to U.S. Northern Command successfully took down a high-altitude airborne object off the northern coast of Alaska at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today within U.S. sovereign airspace over U.S. territorial water. On February 9, North American Aerospace Defense Command detected an object on ground radar and further investigated and identified the object using fighter aircraft. The object was flying at an altitude of 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. U.S. Northern Command is beginning recovery operations now. U.S. Northern Command's Alaska Command coordinated the operation with assistance from the Alaska Air National Guard, Federal Aviation Administration, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. We have no further details about the object at this time, including any description of its capabilities, purpose, or origin. The object was about the size of a small car, so not similar in size or shape to the high-altitude surveillance balloon that was taken down off the coast of South Carolina on February 4. What is... This object, well, it isn't the size of the Chinese balloon. That's according to 
John Kirby, spokesman for, I think it's the National Security Council, or that he's the head of the National Security Council. Either way, he's affiliated with the White House. Was the appearance like the Chinese aircraft? No, it was it, it was much, much smaller than uh, the spy balloon that we took down last Saturday. Um, the way it was described to me was roughly the size of a small car, as opposed to uh, a payload that was like two or three buses size, right? So much, much smaller, um, uh, and um, and there and not of the same, not not uh, no um, no significant payload, if you will. No significant payload, if you will. So much smaller in size, not the same kind of object as. The balloon. Now, here's the question. Is this U.S. policy now to shoot down any object that may come into U.S. airspace? Admiral John Kirby also answered this question. And lastly, is, is it now the policy of the United States that if unidentified aircraft are over U.S. territory, that it is likely the president will choose to shoot it down? The president will always act in the best interest of our national security and in the safety and security of the American people. You will always act for the American people's safety, folks. That is the Biden plan. That is the Biden policy. What do you think? Is that, in fact, what the Biden policy is to the greatest extent possible? It was good to see that object shot down right away. And apparently by the president's orders. And... Very good news in that regard. Decisive action on these types of situations is very important. But what is the object? Who brought it here, sent it here? I don't think that that question is going to go away until there is an actual answer. Do you think that the Biden administration, and specifically Biden in this case, because apparently he's the one who gave the order to shoot it down, that this shows they are on the right track. I mean, last week we talked with Keith Nobles, again, retired military intelligence contractor during the Cold War, and he expressed the sentiments that, look, the, the Chinese balloon, we were probably gathering more intel from that than they were gathering from us, and there were other means of addressing this beyond shooting it down until it gets over the waters as it got over the Atlantic Ocean and then was shot down. And that there was uh, no reason to think that there was a significant or any sort of threat to U.S. national security. Now, he was very convincing. And I would have to say that I became less concerned about the Chinese spy balloon Throughout the course of our conversation, this, though, this raises a lot of questions. What's going on with these objects? And how often do we get objects that are foreign over American territory under any president that then end up not being noticed or taking time to be noticed or otherwise having to be shot down and they just don't let the public know about it? Now, Joe Biden was on one of the Spanish language television networks, 
And he expressed uh, some sort of nonchalant attitude regarding the China balloon, which I don't think is unrelated to what we're talking about with this object, because you have to think about the U.S. policy and what the president is doing in that regard. And the idea that a balloon could traverse, uh, break American airspace is, uh, anyway, it's, it's not a major breach. Now that we know what we know, that the balloon had antennas and a, commun- a communication system, do you regret not having insisted on bringing it down sooner? No, I look at the expert, the intelligence community, the defense community. They forgot more about it than you or I know. I said I wanted to shut down as soon as possible. The intelligence community has forgotten more about it than you and I know. And you know what? I, I kind of believe what Biden's saying there. The intelligence community probably has forgotten a lot more than we know about that balloon. I think he was honest in that regard, at least. But what do we take away from this? You have a debacle over a week where people are wondering, are they going to shoot down the balloon? What's going on with this Chinese balloon? And then it gets to the Atlantic Ocean and they shoot it down and there's a lot of consternation during that time. And then instantly this one gets over U.S. airspace and they take it down. One theory coming in from listener text Hi, Jimmy. I believe it was an object our administration placed so Biden could attempt to redeem himself after the Chinese spy balloon debacle. I cannot be there. I'm sorry. I I cannot be there. I don't think that what happened with the Chinese spy balloon was in any way concerning enough politically even for Biden and the administration to literally go ahead and stage an object and a shoot down of that object involving the U.S. military. Uh, That's a, a bit of a bridge too far in that regard, for me, at least. Maybe you disagree. 303-696-1971, of course, is our telephone number. Did he look good with the balloon? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The optics of that thing were bad. But it did get resolved. And this time it happened quick. I mean, I think we'll find out more as to what this object is. They're not going to be able to simply hide that uh, from us. Maybe we won't get the full story. Who knows what will be told. But my guess is probably something sufficient to be a reasonable explanation that we can believe. But I I just think it's a bridge too far to say that the U.S. military was used to stage a shootdown of a UFO. And let's just be clear. I'm not saying this is an alien UFO, but it is a UFO unidentified flying object, right? Technically, it is a UFO. So grateful that Big Joe is on the job protecting our country, listener Texan. NP, from Corn Pop to the CCP, Joe's got our backs. Think about it. I think NP, you mean no problem. That's what I'm thinking. That means no problem. Yeah. Look, I'm I don't think we're in good hands with Joe Biden, but I do think that the military 
is at least going to take the important steps and let us know if it's necessary or let the president know if and when it is absolutely necessary to shoot something down. And that's what we saw yesterday. What the implications are for this, who knows? Who knows what the object was? They said it was perceived as a a danger. We'll find out what we will when the time comes. Hopefully today we'll get more information. But my guess is it'll be at least within the next week. In the in the least. Maybe it'll be further out. Who knows? We'll see. 303-696-1971, our telephone number. What are the optics of this? We will talk about it with host of the Crisis Files podcast, Crisis Communication Coach, Rashini Rajkumar on the other side. You're listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. We're revved up, ready to go, just getting started on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Can you tell that this is a 70s blues tune or what? A nice funky tones from the great late Freddie King, one of the three kings of the blues. Today I decided we're celebrating Black History Month. So let's play the three kings of the blues. All show, Freddie, B.B., and Albert will be our bumpers this morning right here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Best damn bumper music known to man. Ah, let's say nearly 10 years running. Come September. My goodness, how the time flies. Good to be with you. News Talk 710 KNUS, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. And look, do we have the same old blues as Freddie's singing with this object shot down from the sky yesterday over Alaska? Here's a little bit from the Pentagon again. First of all, to add to information already provided earlier by the White House, at the direction of the President of the United States, fighter aircraft assigned to U.S. Northern Command successfully took down a high-altitude airborne object off the northern coast of Alaska at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so that happened yesterday, and it was less than a week after the Chinese spy balloon had been shot down over the Atlantic Ocean. Now I'm getting listener texts saying, well, this was staged for publicity. And that's all it was. Now, we don't know what the object is. It genuinely is a UFO, apparently about the size of a car. But what are the optics of this, given how long the balloon was in the air? As I said, I became decreasingly concerned about the Chinese spy balloon talking with former military intel contractor Keith Nobles and having observed more of the coverage and so forth. It became less concerning to me over time, but whether it was something significantly of concern or not, the fact is it didn't look good for Biden. So how should we approach the optics of this looking at it from a political vantage point, and from just a general crisis handling vantage point. Let's talk about it with Rashini Rajkumar. She's crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of the Crisis Files podcast, where they cover 
all sorts of different crises, diving into different scenarios in depth and how would be a good approach to addressing a particular crisis, ranging from law, media, real world business to politics and more. Rashini's website, ownyourwow.com. Rashini Rajkumar joins me now. Good morning, Rashini. How are you? Good morning, Jimmy. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for coming on. It's always great to check in with you and get your perspectives. I mean, look, we we had an object that was in the air known as a spy balloon for days. Finally, it was shot down after it got to the ocean. It wasn't over any American land. And then yesterday, you have this object, unknown origin, unknown type of object, what we would normally get uh, what would normally get the UFO folks going crazy? Oh, my gosh, look what we have. It's an alien, perhaps. Um, I don't think that's the case. But now we're not talking about that. We're talking about well, what is it? Was it staged by the Biden administration? Was it, uh, you know, a foreign object from China or from Russia? So what do you make of this? Well, first of all, I really hope it wasn't staged. But one of my first thoughts was, as I sit here in the state of Minnesota, thank goodness that thing wasn't over my state. I don't think it's a good idea for the president to either be trigger happy or to appear as he's being trigger happy. That's what we say even in the law. The appearance of a conflict is just about as bad as the conflict itself. So bad optics are never good for you, especially if you're the president of the United States. The reports that I've read are that we don't know exactly what that was. How and why would we be shooting down something when we don't even know what it is? Don't we need to do a little more fact gathering? So I'm concerned. And if it's especially if it's because he is concerned about the backlash for from how he handled the Chinese spy balloon. So there are just a lot of things that don't connect the dots correctly here, Jimmy. And when it comes to crisis management, you can't you have to have a plan. You can't just go be trigger happy. I'm sorry, but that's the only term I can come up with right now as I try to assess this situation. Well, it's interesting you are looking at it from the perspective, oh, he might seem trigger happy, whereas those who may be more supportive of this type of action could say, well, he let the Chinese spy balloon go over our territory for way too long. This time, I'm guessing it, whatever the object was, wasn't responsive. It was now at about 40,000 feet. So it was an area where they felt it was of greater concern and then took action. There were those who might say, well, actually, he did what he should have done with the Chinese spy balloon this time, acted more quickly. Yeah, I mean, that is fine. It's just it's fine to have that assessment, but I guess I'm concerned about, I, I didn't hear enough about, well, what what would be the peripheral damage? You shoot this down at the 40,000 number. I mean, all of those kinds of things, I don't think were really at least discussed. And maybe they were discussed before the decision was made. And we, the American people, don't have all those details. And sometimes we can't have all those details if, indeed, this was a ma- matter of national security. But really, the the main thing is I now start wondering how often is this going to happen over our skies, not just an alleged balloon, but that we really do have to worry over every state in America that something's going to get shot down over our land and what the Mm. civilian repercussions are for that. 
Rashini Rajkumar, <laughs> let's look at one other aspect of this, and that is uh, how the American people may be viewing this object being shot down yesterday through the lens of the Chinese spy balloon and specifically how Biden handled that, because whether he should have shot that down sooner or not, I'm kind of convinced that he didn't need to until it got over the Atlantic Ocean, that it was fine to allow it to stay. But the optics, the American people were talking about this. It was a buzz. It was Biden was in uh, taking inaction, not action, but inaction. And we had a Chinese Communist Party spy balloon over our skies. So when you look at that week and the way that was the impressions from that, and you look at what we saw yesterday, how do you think this plays out for the American people? Yeah, well, there again, you need to have a plan. And I think the Chinese situation and, you know, I'm probably a little bit more in your boat on the analysis of that. But we do see that the parties are politicizing the timing of his reaction. And of course, that's always going to happen. We are in America and the parties play politics. But now it's sort of like because that happened, Jimmy, we can't get around the fact than any other time something similar or something that's perceived to be similar to the Chinese balloon situation is going to get American rea- people reaction and scrutiny, more scrutiny. So that is something that the Biden administration and his spokespeople really need to anticipate and think about. And then re- remember, nothing happens in a vacuum. The State of the Union address just happened. And so you're always thinking about what kind of messaging before and after that? Is it a great opportunity to do X, Y, or Z because that either just happened or is about to happen? So I really do wish politicians would do things and act on behalf of the American people only because they are in that real moment acting on the best half or in behalf in the best way of the American people. But unfortunately, our leaders have gotten to the place where they are doing things maybe for their own brand or their own name. And in fact, in upcoming crisis files, we talk about that. It's called leadership vacuum. And we do get into what is happening with our candidates as well as our office holders in this country. And why do they make decisions? And do they really even think about uh, what's best for the American people? Mm. So I think we have to look at this situation, Jimmy, that we're talking about now on your show uh, through that lens. Is what the president is doing best for the American people, or is it simply to carry out some kind of PR agenda for his own administration? Now, you always have to worry about optics when you're the president, but you should first be thinking about the American people and actual national safety. Rashini Rajkumar, our guest, host of the Crisis Files podcast. I want to shift gears, but staying on Joe Biden, president of the United States, he gave his State of the Union address on Tuesday night. One odd part, and there's some music towards the end of this clip, but one odd part of the speech, but fitting with the tone, was when he yelled something about Xi Jinping that made no sense to me. But in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. 
Now, to me, most of his speech was yelling sort of kind of like that, which I found rather odd. I noticed a scowl on his face throughout probably two-thirds of the speech as I was watching it. But from your perspective as a communication professional who works with and coaches all sorts of folks on presentation, on addressing crises, on various things dealing with crisis management, political strategy, and so forth, what did you make of his persona and presentation in his speech? Yeah, I mean, there's a part of me, and I really do try to be as objective as possible, Jimmy, because I've come on your show in the past. I am not a big fan of President Biden. It has nothing to do with his party. And I don't think the delivery is strong when you have to seem like you are yelling or screaming, you know, look, you're in uh, one of the branches uh, of of our government where it operates. It, it should be a civil place. It's a place, of course, for open discourse. But you know, calm down. You're the president of the United States. Your delivery, both visually and verbally, vocally, should be strong, yet not shouting, not questionable, not defensive. So I don't give him high marks for delivery for that speech. That said, there's a lot going on. There were a lot of weird things happening in that chamber uh, that night. I think there were some things that were absolutely out of bounds and should not have happened um, as far as reaction from the crowd. Uh, So it was a very strange State of the Union, in my opinion. Well, let's talk about reaction from the crowd. Here's just a little tidbit of the most prominent reaction point on Social Security. Some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it, unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me... And it went on. And of course, there was agreement that was reached. But the reality is that Joe Biden was really emphasizing this point, And it was not true. Um, it is not. He was making it as though it was something that Republicans were prioritizing And it is far from that. And indeed, the vast, vast majority of Republicans don't really even want to touch Social Security, Rashini Rajkumar. So I can't blame Republicans, at least in that point, for reacting very harshly and audibly to what Biden was saying, especially on an issue that is so touchy politically that we call it the third rail of American politics, Social Security and Medicare. Yeah, I guess I have less issue with the groaning and grumbling as, as I do with the, the the term liar that was shouted out, which was absolutely unacceptable. But I agree with you. That was a false statement. And in my mind, why are the president's speechwriters putting language in there that is either patently false or for sure conjures up negative and false imagery? That was unacceptable on the president's side. So I and then what happens, I mean, I'm an ex-TV news reporter and we were taught very early on, if you get the little facts wrong, no one's going to believe you on the big stuff. Well, this was a big stuff kind of a piece, right? So that's an even bigger egregious mistake, a factual error in the words of your speech. So there were just so many things about that State of the Union that I had issues with when it comes to the choreography, the layout of the speech, 
as well as, as actual messaging that was said. And I, I just, I, I used, I remember a time, and maybe I was more impressionable in my younger days, Jimmy, but I remember a time when my family and I would sit down to watch the State of the Union. It was appointment television. And I had to kind of make myself this time around, right? And it was very difficult. It wasn't something I was looking forward to it, whereas it used to be that. Now it's gotten into be something, you know, and I'm not just saying the Democrats. I mean, Trump did this too, it, where it isn't what it was meant to be. And it starts with the observers, the members of the Congress that are sitting in there who should absolutely have respect for their own venue and for the history and tradition of the State of the Union and take some of the fights and the grumbling and the, the terrible faces. You know, the Speaker of the House and the Vice President are sitting behind the President. Their faces are on there just as much almost as the President on any given night. This is absolutely mm. the time for game face or poker face. Rashini Rajkumar, our guest host of The Crisis Files. Follow them on Twitter and access podcasts at The Crisis Files on Twitter. Let's go to M&M's before we wrap up. Tomorrow is the big game. And, of course, that means you're going to get all of these fun Super Bowl commercials. Well, M&M's, of course, put their... Spokes candies on ice in the back of the freezer. When this happened, I was hosting the radio. I think I was filling in. I had you on. We talked a bit about it. It was pretty crazy uh, in terms of some kind of a publicity move. And then they've gone even further with it in a way that I just think is a, a floundering campaign. So it looks like this is the tone or maybe these are the actual ads that you will hear during the Super Bowl. Here's a taste. They replaced the Spokes candies with... Comedian actress Maya Rudolph. Hi again, America. Since we all love M&Ms, and let's face it, me, it only makes sense that I am renaming America's favorite chocolate candies Ma and Yaws. Ma and Yaws. It's a play on my name. First, I put my face on them. Then, I changed the name. Then I thought, what does the world really want? Clams. That's why Ma and Yaws will now be filled with chewy, chunky clams. They're and now all their social media, YouTube, Facebook, etc., is Ma and Yaz with her face on an M&M as the image. Look, I know we're talking about it, so they are getting the we're being talked about play over at M&M's. But isn't this increasing uh, publicity stunt just ridiculous? Like those ads are not even funny. Exactly. It is ridiculous. And we're getting away from when you have a brand that is so universal, global, loved, delicious, like all these things that are positive words. Why would you mess that up? The challenge for a brand like that is just to stay with the times, get creative, have some fun. Look, they're M&Ms, they're little chocolate candies. We're not solving world, world peace with this. But when you completely try to flip the script on something that didn't need that, I've really got to question what those ad executives are doing over there. Look, you've worked with and advised Fortune 500 companies. Uh, what kind of mindset would bring them into this campaign where not only do they pull this, the stunt with regards to the M&Ms, but then their replacement has these ads that, let's be quite frank, they're lame. <laughs> <laughs> to put it bluntly, they are lame. I, I cannot even understand it because you don't mess with something 
that seems to be going well. I mean, if anything, I'm just longing to watch little M&Ms with legs and talking to me. I mean, that's what I hope gets revealed tomorrow. Like maybe there's some big ad waiting to come out because this was really the wrong campaign, Jimmy. Yeah, clams? Who in the world plays with clams? Uh, real quick, anything else that you have seen or are expecting as far as Super Bowl commercials? Well, I think one thing that's really an interesting point for your listeners to note is that we will see no crypto ads. So all of this controversy around cryptocurrency and the lawsuits and all of this, both criminal lawsuits as well as civil lawsuits against like the Tom Brady's, the um, you know Madonna's of the world who were celebrity endorsers. So the Super Bowl just said no crypto ads. I think that's interesting. Rashini Rajkumar, author of the book Communicate That, now in its third edition and host of the Crisis Files podcast, wherever you get your podcast, It's always great to talk with you and get your analysis and perspective. Thanks so much, and enjoy the big game tomorrow. You too, Jimmy. Have fun. You as well. Once again, Rashini Rajkumar joining us. Check out her website, ownyourwow.com. What are your thoughts? 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. The optics bad for Joe Biden. How about for M&Ms or is it Ma and Yaz? Boy, if I were Maya Rudolph, I would never have signed on for this campaign. It's just terrible. But... Was the object yesterday staged in the context of the Chinese spy balloon? Does it look bad? 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. If you want to join in to the festivities, keep it right here. It's Denver's local talk leader, News Talk, 710 KNUS. I love this tune. Funky fun. I think it's just a jam song from one of the three kings of the blues, the great late Albert King. Doing cold feet as we continue on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, wrapping up this, the first hour of this program. If you don't dig it, you got a hole in your soul, just as Albert King sang right there and likes to say, liked to say, may he rest in peace as we pay tribute to the three kings of the blues. We are up against the top of the hour. We should be joined here in studio soon by Kwame Spearman. He is running for mayor of Denver, and we are continuing our conversations with the candidates series right here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. And coming up at about 8 o'clock, We'll be joined by Congressman Ken Buck. Keep it right here. It is, once again, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, 303-696-1971. Don't go anywhere. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.